Hey, it's Kilowatt. I thought about how I would start a podcast because I got all these thoughts rolling around in my head and I don't have time to write and I don't see anybody because I'm always working. When I do, I'm a different version of myself. I'm at work and I can be distracted and and it feels natural and I can be happy and, and very carefree and jubilant and it's it's like a different side of me. Uh, so there is a lot of tumultuous things happening in my life at the moment. I'm finding out a lot of like really, really life altering things happened. Um, I don't know. Let's see. Maybe about nine years ago, nine years ago, my kid was changed And I didn't know. And that started a sequence of events that that consist of him being very, very defiant, progressing to like running away, doing drugs. Uh, There's girls like just trouble. Okay, so much trouble. And um, and as a mother, like you watch your child and, and you try and figure out what the hell is going on. So I tried numerous things, couldn't figure out where it came from, how it started. I asked him, you know, has anybody hurt you? Like, what's going on? What started this? Why did this happen? Like, why have you taken this road? And almost to the point, regrettably, that I thought, you know, maybe I just got like, this is the hand I've been dealt with kids. Like maybe every parent gets a wild card and this is mine. And I was just, you know, I was just at a loss. Like, I thought, I'm never going to figure this guy out. Like, I'm never going to get my kid back. Like, I had this really, like, sweet-hearted little boy. And and over the years, it just became, like, so problematic. Um, where He'd burn, like, every bridge in our family. Every bridge in the, in the surrounding friend groups that we'd had with their children and neighbors and, and like, school authority figures and uh, church leaders. Like, just this kid's got a lot of people that love him. And, and a lot of it has been, like, a self-sabotaging type of thing going on. Um, so I just found out that nine years ago, he was hurt and it started to build a path to today. And I didn't know about it until this, like this month. I just found out. Now me finding out was after like a few stays at psychiatric hospitals for suicide attempts. Uh, Me finding out was after he'd run away like three times. Uh, finding out was after, you know, I had actually felt like I, I was just giving up. Like I thought I had no answers. I didn't understand why I didn't know how to help him. And as much as it hurts to know that he's been through something I can't ever explain is so painful I want to help him and I can help him now. At least I know how to help him. That being said is like 
really great, okay? At least I'm not, like, giving up and losing hope and ever helping this kid. But that also brings to light that he needs, like, a lot of counseling. And I have really good insurance through my work. His dad, who he lives with in Ohio currently has agreed to just bring him back home to Oregon. And that poses a different problem for me because in the 13-year relationship I've had with my husband, uh, very rocky, like, back and forth a few times, I thought that, like, maybe this would be the thing, you know, now we know, and this might possibly help us all bond together in, in solidarity for Jake and just getting our stuff together. But I was wrong because my husband told me that if Jacob were to come back, he couldn't stay with us. And I laughed, but he was serious. I thought he was kidding. And I'm not trying to judge him for his decision, um, mainly centered around keeping our daughter safe. In his mind, he thinks Jake's a threat, and that sucks. So I'm in a really weird spot now where last year we it was done. Like, I moved, I moved out, and he had his own place. I had my own place. And then um, we got back together. I moved in with him at his house, gave up my place. And then my, my kid just went off the rails, like the deep end. And we got all of these um, appointments with psychiatrists and therapists and and doctors and, and assessments and, you know, suicide watch. And it's just been a nightmare, you know. I had Multnomah County Police Department on my speed dial for a second. Like, it was, it's fucking scary. <laughs> so, um, like, it's been a shit show of a year. And I'm not the type of person that that can cry like openly in front of people. And I I'm a, I cry in the shower. I just can't. Like I won't do it. I can't cry in front of people. It's just it's so much worse for me. Like it's already an emotional thing, but it's worse to have another person with their emotions and how they respond to mine. Like I don't want to I can't handle anything else. I got no fucking energy left inside of me. I have already collapsed to the point where I am like leaking water from my eyeballs. And now other people are going to see and their emotional response are things that I will gauge because I'm aware of every fucking thing that happens around me all the time. Everything. Flickering of lights, sounds, little whistles of the wind. Like it's exhausting. <sighs> so... That being said, my dude said to me, actually, no, I can't do that anymore. I got nothing left inside of me. And I had to have respect for his honesty about it. Because truthfully, he could have lied and said, yeah, yeah, Jake can come back. And then just made up a lie about how, you know, the landlord, it was the landlord's fault because Jake had some issues with our landlord's grandchildren and their mother would not send them to their house for visits because Jacob was here. 
which the landlords obviously did not like. Naturally, they love their grandkids. So if they, if their grandkids are the focus of their world, and my child is the reason why their grandchildren can't come over, um, then they don't want my child here. And that would have been an easy lie. That's a cop-out. Brent could have easily said, yo, Deb and Troy don't want any part of that. And I would have had to figure my shit out without blaming Brent. But he was at least accountable for the fact that he just didn't have it in him. I mean, I had a, I had gone through getting a DUI. I, I had lost my job for a whole year. We went through bankruptcy. Like, it was a disastrous couple years. Like, real tough. Um, and it was my own fucking fault. Like I have my own issues. Like I suffer with depression and anxiety and like horrible coping mechanisms and an inability to really express to people how I feel properly at the time that I need to. Like sometimes I don't even truly know how I feel until I sit and say shit out loud and listen back to it. And then I can think it over and be like, oh, okay, that's where that came from. Which is sort of what I've been using this for as like a type of therapy. And today I decided, you know what? I'm going to fucking say all the things. Because I've never had a filter. I don't have a filter. My brain thoughts come out of my mouth. And they do it frequently to the point where it's become problematic for like all facets of my life. Because I just, I don't know how to censor. And I don't know how... To separate and judge what is appropriate and what's not appropriate socially and like what people can handle on an emotional basis because truthfully, I don't really fucking know what they're doing over there. But I do, I can feel it. That makes any fucking sense. Like that's why I don't cry in front of people. It's just, it just adds to the mix and my brain won't handle it. When I'm in like that little meltdown mode, I got no more fucking time. I got nothing else. There's no more chips I can handle on my, on my little table. So, back to Jake. You'll find that I kind of loop back and forth. If you can stay with me, I'll be impressed. Uh, Jacob is now moving home on the 21st of December, which is so cool. Because I actually, like, really miss my child. And his sister really misses him. And I'm, like, just... A little bit in denial over the fact that my person has chosen to let me go at like the most pivotal time of my life. Like I just needed somebody to stand with me right now. I need that. I needed it and it's not happening. I'm going to have to just, I have to find my own place. Because I got to be the strong one. I gotta fucking, I've gotta be the one to show up for my fucking kid. Because this is one of those moments where the rubber hits the road and it's time to look around and take inventory. Who the fuck's gonna stand with me right now? No, you don't wanna stand next to me? Okay, bye. No, you can't handle it? See you later. It's okay. Better luck next time. I'll catch you on the flip side. We'll try it again next life. Because I got no fucking room for anybody, anybody else that isn't here for him during this time in our life as a family. And I'm going to try my best to keep my shit together. 
because I have to. But that does not mean it's easy. And that does not mean that I'm not, like, falling apart. Just angry. I'm so fucking angry. Because, like, half of the reason why I was so depressed and drinking a lot was because my marriage was falling apart. Because my fucking kid couldn't even, like, behave. Every time we turned around, it was issues after issues. Just fucking one thing after. It was one thing after the other. And then I sat here and I realized, like, yo, he was just really hurt. He was so fucking hurt. And and he was so angry. And he felt powerless. So then he became really obsessed and controlling about every little facet of his life to the point where his will was so strong you couldn't even you couldn't even say no. He would just find a way to get what he wanted after that because because there was something that happened where he didn't want it to happen and it and it happened anyway. And that was like the Hiroshima bomb to my entire fucking world. And I cannot explain to you the long-standing consequences of one person's actions that took a toll on my entire fucking life. And I'm so fucking mad about that. I'm sorry. I will withhold from the waterworks. I just said that I <laughs> I don't like crying in front of people. I only cry in the shower. Well, I'm alone in my car and I'm just talking at my phone right now. So technically I'm not actually crying in front of people only like I actually am. <laughs> so just kidding. FYI, I'm a conundrum. Okay. So that that concept, that little analogy, I just, I just stuck a little pin in there. We're, we're looping back to it. I stole that from Amber Khan. I love the way she talks. Um, she's actually the reason why I started my podcast just cause I just like the way she's so fucking honest and straightforward. So she, she said something like, we'll put a pin in it and circle back. Well, the Hiroshima bomb analogy We'll be circling back to that a few times in reference. So if you can keep up with that, then I'll be impressed. Um, A nuclear bomb. Initially, you may not uh, think that you've been harmed, right? Because you were outside of the blast radius. But then you find out that there's radiation poisoning, and then all the resources around you are no longer useful. You can't you can't like take anything from the land. There's nothing. You are now depleted of all resources. Uh, and that could be emotional reserves when it comes to being a parent who's experienced a child who went through some really dramatic shit, like some trauma. My kid was traumatized at six and nobody fucking knew. That was the day that the Hiroshima bomb went off in our life. And instead of it being outside, it imploded him emotionally on the inside. And he had a lot of fucking anger. And I'm still just sitting in that. 
but we didn't fucking ask for this. And there is an injustice here, and I'm going to fucking find some justice. I can guarantee you that. So I am just sitting with this notion that I'm going to have to put my bootstraps on or what the fuck ever you say it, uh, just my big girl pants on. I got to get those on. No more being sad, crying, drinking wine. You can't fucking do that shit. We got no fucking time for that. It's time to drive your ass to therapy. Go to counseling. Maybe lift some heavy shit because you got some fucking rage. Like, I could hulk the fuck out right now. I could break every fucking window on a few cars right now. I'm, I like, I got a lot of anger. And that is just stemming from a lot of sadness. And it's just, it's like, it'll eat your soul. And I got to save it. I got to save whatever fucking happy is in there and just save it because my kid needs it. And thank God I'm funny. Oh my God. Thank God I'm funny. Um, like I'll just laugh our way through this bullshit and, and, and acknowledge like that it sucks. And, um, and like the people that you love in your life can only do what they can do. Like they have their limits and their boundaries. And I say that like, but I'm still really like very much hurt. I'm so really, truly hurt that the one person I thought would always fucking be there is not going to be there. And he's choosing to not be here and I have to leave. I got to go. got to find my own place that I can afford. Jake's dad won't be working and he won't be able to afford child support. He actually quit his job to move up here and get Jake established until I can afford to get my own place. Now this, this whole moving back to Oregon thing was only recently decided after his last day at the children's hospital. And they said that he needed some really intense therapy that Brad's insurance wouldn't cover. So I, I mean, it's, it's, this is it. Like the fucking D-Day is here. Like it's time, like time to show up, show up or, or don't, but like, I gotta go. I got this kid's coming. And like, hold on, I should take something as that. I don't, I don't truly know how this is, is going to play out. Like I'm really, I'm like a lot scared. I'm scared for my child, my older child. I'm scared for my younger child. I'm scared for myself. But 13 years is ending. And I don't even really know how to feel about that. I don't know how to feel about his answer of, well, actually, no, I can't, I can't do that. I have nothing left to give and I'm so sorry because I do love you, but I don't have it inside of me and whatever else I do have, I am choosing to give to our daughter because she's going to need us and he doesn't think that I can do it. He doesn't think I'm, he said 
you know, like you can't even handle yourself right now. How are you going to handle him? And I don't have a choice. I don't have a choice. You think that I can't fucking handle my kid when nobody else will? If nobody wants my fucking kid, I'm going to want my fucking kid. I have always wanted my child and I will always want him and I will do whatever the fuck he needs me to do. And it doesn't matter if you believe in me or not. What matters is that I'm there and that I will be there. And unfortunately, that is the closing of this chapter. So that's been really hard. And I'm not able to fully understand how we're going to get through this. But I, I just can't allow myself to lose him because I'm stressed out and because I want to be married. I won't be married then. And I, I'm tired. I work the last 33 of the night every single night of the week except for the weekends, which initially I thought would be a bonus. I thought I would see my my youngest more. I thought I needed to have weekends off for my for Jake. Um, and then like now I'm I'm realizing that I'm just so fucking tired all the time. And by the time the weekend comes, I'm like wiped. So I feel like I don't feel that I'll be changing my job career anytime soon, but I'm definitely going to change my route. (sighs) My friend Chrissy was working the other day and she was driving a 77 and a dude was just a flicker to the left of her and she saw him jump over an overpass off the overpass. She stopped her bus. She, she said, did you fucking see that? She runs over to the side of the overpass and this gentleman, this man is like crying and holding on and he, he wants to let go, but he can't cause he's scared, but he doesn't want to be here. So he's just sitting there trying to think about it. And he almost let go a few times. He was so close. And at one point, she just kind of stops and she sighs. She said, I can't fucking do this right now. I need a goddamn cigarette. (laughs) She just says, I need a fucking cigarette. God damn it. So she turns around and he's like, can I have one? (laughs) She said, sure, dude, get the fuck over here. Let's go sit with me. Let's talk. And like, that's why I love what we do because we have the weirdest situations come into play. Like bus life is real thug. Like I've been punched in the face. Dudes be flashing guns all over the place. (laughs) Like, my friend Chrissy was beat up by two dudes with a bat like things get heavy gangster on the PDX side of life when you're talking triumph bus driver life okay 
real heavy thug life going on on this side of the tracks, okay? So, the difference, though, outside of all the scary things that can happen are all the amazing things that happen where you can, like, really talk to people. Like, I've, I've, I've had so many great conversations with my passengers. Like, I truly feel like I'm, I'm just hanging out with my friends. That's how it fucking feels. It feels great. But I'll, I'll be back. I just, I wanted to, I wanted to update you guys on this thing with Jake and my complicated ass marriage. It's always ending. Um, on the plus side, my little sister is moving here in April. So that'll be really nice to have her closer. And I'll probably add to this podcast snippet in a bit. So it's like actually worth listening to. All right. I'll talk to you later. Bye.